أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاه حي على الصلاه حي على الفلاح حي على الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد respected elders and dear brothers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-hajj describes for us the manner in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had instructed Ibrahim alayhi salam to give the adhan for hajj the adhan is given five times a day for the five obligatory salah that we offer in the masjid the adhan for hajj was given once the Mu'addin Ibrahim alayhi salam and this adhan was given thousands of years ago. Wa'addin finnasi bil hajj. O Ibrahim, now that you have completed the construction of the Kaaba, give the adhan for hajj, inviting all of mankind to undertake the journey to the Baytullah. Ya'atuka rijalan they will respond to your call of Ibrahim and they will come over the centuries, over the decades millions and billions of people had responded to the call and to the adhan that was given by Ibrahim salam. they will come to you some will come on foot others will come mounted on lean conveyances and they will come to you and they will come to undertake the journey of Hajj. They will arrive from every distant path. Ibrahim alayhi salam ascended a mountain. Like in the past, you would find that the Mu'addin who calls out the Adhan, he would ascend the Minarah. He would ascend a raised platform and he would then call out the Adhan so that the voice could reach as far as possible. And people would then hear the call for the Adhan and respond by coming to the masjid to offer the Salah. Ibrahim added a mountain and he gave the Adhan for Hajj and he invited all of mankind to undertake this most memorable and amazing journey to Baytullah 
to fulfill the pilgrimage and to fulfill the commandment of Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then informed Ibrahim alayhi salam of the purpose, the objectives and the reasons why people will undertake the journey. They will undertake the journey regardless of the difficulty that they will endure along the way, regardless of the challenges that they may face and the problems that they may encounter. They will undertake the journey to obtain, to observe and to experience certain lessons and benefits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had stored in this journey of Hajj. Allah says, لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ Number one, the very first purpose and objective and reason why people want to undertake the journey of Hajj, why they will respond to the Adhan that you had called out, is so that they may witness, they may observe, they may experience many, many benefits, countless benefits. They will learn different lessons. They will get, go back home and they will share those lessons and they will share those experiences, those benefits that they had derived along the way with their friends and family. Why? So that number one, those who listen to the experiences of the Haji, those who think about the lessons that were learned along the way, they number one understand and realize the significance and the importance of the journey. And number two, it creates within the heart of the listener a desire and an interest to undertake the journey of Hajj. When we look at the word that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used when speaking about the many lessons of Hajj and the many, many benefits that are stored within the journey of Hajj, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the word manafi'. The word manafi' is indefinite in this context. A quick lesson on Arabic grammar. In Arabic, you have two types of nouns. You have the definite noun, you have the indefinite noun. The indefinite noun is a noun that is prefixed with the article al. Al means the. Now in this context, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the benefits of hajj, and the many lessons that are learned along the journey. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say Al-Manafi' He did not use the article Al. Allah said لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعُ مَنَافِعُ Without the article Al. Indefinite. The difference between the two, the definite noun and the indefinite noun, is that the definite noun conveys a confined meaning, a limited meaning, a restricted meaning, a specific meaning. But the indefinite noun, the one that is not prefixed with Al, it conveys a very broad, comprehensive meaning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to use the indefinite noun, yashhadu, so that they may observe and they may experience manafi', not al-manafi'. Why manafi'? Why the indefinite noun? Ibn Ashur rahimahullah ta'ala who writes, وَتَنْكِيرُ مَنَافِعْ لِلْتَعْظِيمِ The reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the indefinite noun manafi' to indicate that the benefits and the lessons of hajj are too great to be mentioned and to be confined and to be constricted and limited. Al-murad minhu al-kathrah There are too many benefits. There are too many lessons to be learned. There are countless, immeasurable, innumerable benefits. 
when you undertake the journey of Hajj. And that is why the word was kept indefinite to convey that very broad meaning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs Ibrahim alayhi salam, people will come from every distant path and every remote part of the land and of the world in order to witness countless immeasurable benefits and lessons along the journey. وَهِيَ الْمَصَالِحَ الدِّينِيَّ وَالدُّنْيَوِيَّةِ Ibn Ashur rahimahullah, he continues, he says, and the benefits are twofold. There are spiritual benefits that you will experience along the journey, and there are also the worldly benefits that you will experience. The dua that is made for the haji who returns from hajj, قَبِلَ اللَّهُ حَجَّكْ وَغَفَرَ ذَنْبَكْ وَأَخْلَفَ نَفَقَتَكْ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your hajj. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive your sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repay you and recompense you for whatever you had spent on this journey. So the worldly benefit as well. May Allah pay you back. May Allah recompense you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you not only spiritually but materially as well. So he says there are multiple benefits. There are too many benefits to mention. He says the benefits are those that are experienced by the individual. Every individual haji will have certain personal experiences, certain personal lessons that he or she has learned along the way. At times you will find two individuals, two companions. They have boarded the same mode of transport. They lived together during the days of Hajj. They ate of the same food. They moved together from point A to point B. But you will find both of them will have a completely different experience of Hajj. So there is the personal experience, the personal lesson that is learned along the way. And then he says, وَلِمُجْتَمَعِهِمْ لِأَنَّ فِي الْإِجْتِمَاعِ صَلَاحًا فِي الدُّنْيَا بِالتَّعَارُفِ وَالتَّعَامُلِ And then there's the collective benefit. And he draws our attention to the collective benefit that the Ummah experiences on that occasion. He says the collective or one of the collective benefits is that you have an opportunity to interact with the Ummah. What a great and unique opportunity. Where else will you find this opportunity and be awarded and afforded this opportunity to interact with some person from other parts of the world, a remote, distant part of the world, you interact with him, you communicate with him, despite the language barrier, you're communicating with him. And you are sharing experiences, you are sharing your culture with that person. It is such a great benefit of Hajj. And you notice and realize that this Ummah is alive. In the midst of three million people, you have the opportunity to interact with different people of different races, of different cultures, different colors, different languages, different cultures. It's really truly a great benefit of Hajj that is observed by the Haji. Another Mufassir explains the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the word manafi' in the indefinite form because it is impossible for the haji to enumerate, to list, and to even remember the many lessons learned along the way and the many benefits that were derived on this journey. And that is why very often when you ask the haji, 
share your experience with me, the common response is that I cannot explain the experience. The experience will be understood when the journey is undertaken. However, there are some prominent benefits, some prominent lessons that the Haji shares with the friends and family. Again, as we said earlier, number one, to create the importance or to highlight the importance and the significance of the journey. And number two, to create the desire within the heart of the listener to make an effort to undertake the journey to Baytullah and to undertake the journey of Hajj. One of the prominent lessons and benefits of Hajj is you will realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed extraordinary capacity and ability in the believer. You will find a person who is much older than you, who is apparently much weaker than you, someone who is far more financially deprived than you, carrying out the rituals of Hajj and performing the commandments of Allah with such energy, such eagerness, such enthusiasm that you are left in awe and you are left completely amazed and fascinated at the ability and at the capacity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the human being. You will be moving along temperatures at around 46, 47 degrees. You are walking from one ritual to fulfill another extremely hot conditions. You are hungry, you are thirsty, you are exhausted, you are tired, you are feeling weak. You think about giving up or taking a break and at that point Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show you the capacity that he has kept in sun. At that point you will witness an old, extremely old lady who is older than your grandmother with her luggage on her head. And Allahu Akbar, she will be moving with the greatest amount of energy within her and enthusiasm within her. And you realize that the pursuit for the happiness of Allah, the pursuit for Allah's happiness is something that will carry you through any unfavorable circumstance. And that is what we need to develop. And that is a great lesson for us to learn from Hajj. In your pursuit for the happiness of Allah, circumstances are irrelevant. No matter what challenges lie before you, no matter what weather or how unfavorable the weather may seem, no matter how difficult the circumstance may be. But if the enthusiasm is planted within the heart to pursue the happiness of Allah, that will grant you the energy and that will drive you forward to fulfill the obligatory act which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had prescribed for you. Musa alayhi salam, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, to meet Allah Azza wa Jal and to bring his people along with him. Musa alayhi salam was required to travel with his people. But he rushed and he hastened and he went and met with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the people could arrive. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa alayhi salam, Ma a'jalaka an qawmika ya Musa o Musa Why did you leave your people behind and rush and hurry and hasten to come to meet me? What did he say? Wa'ajiltu ilayka rabbi ritarunda Oh Allah, I hastened, I was motivated and I rushed to come to you because I sought your happiness so that you become happy with me. That's what motivates us.
to overcome the circumstances, the pursuit for the happiness of Allah. So this is a great lesson that we learn from Hajj. When you observe people who are far more older than you, far more weaker than you, far more financially deprived than you, carrying out and fulfilling the commandment of Allah with such eagerness and energy. That energy stems from their desire to please Allah and to make happy and to make Allah happy by fulfilling the commandment of Allah. Another lesson that the Haji learns from the journey of Hajj is you realize how insignificant you really are. Back home, in your family, in your business, in your institute, in your organization, in your masjid, in your community, in your city, in your country, you enjoy a certain degree of recognition, a certain degree of prominence. But when you are standing in the midst of three million people, whether it is while circumambulating the Kaaba on the occasion of Tawaf al-Ziyarah, whether it is between Mount Safa and Marwa, whether it is on the plain of Arafah, where three million people are gathered and standing before Allah and begging from Allah, whether it is in Muzdalifah while you are searching for pebbles, whether it is in Mina while you are proceeding towards the pelting of the Jamarah, you will realize while you are moving with three million people that you are absolutely insignificant, you are an ordinary slave of Allah. And that is what Hajj really teaches us. How insignificant we really are. We are no more than slaves of Allah. Whatever recognition we enjoy, that is a favor from Allah. Whatever prominence we enjoy, that is a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Due to our affiliation to an institute, due to our relationship with a certain alim or a certain sheikh, whatever it may be, due to the position that we occupy. But Hajj teaches you and reminds you of your true essence. It reminds me of one moment. I was telling some of the brothers that during this Hajj we had some special ice cream moments. In fact, maybe the topic of today's talk we should have we should have labeled it as Hajj 1444 ice cream moments. There were certain moments where we were enjoying ice cream and in that moment Allah taught us a lesson. One of those ice cream moments, after returning from Mina, one of the nights, and there was an hour before the Fajr Salah. And my companion offered to buy me as we returned from Mina, those who are familiar, and especially those Qujjaj who travel for Hajj this year, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the Hajj. As we returned from Mina and we were about to enter into Aziziyah, there was an ice cream truck one hour before Fajr. Now you might think, experiencing the current climate in Durban, the last thing you will want to have right now, one hour before Fajr, is an ice cream. A cappuccino will do, or a hot cup of curry tea, but not an ice cream. That tells you of the temperatures that were experienced over there. We were enjoying this ice cream, and not too far from us, we saw this person, observed this man, very well-dressed person, but he was tearing up card boxes and he was putting them on the pavement preparing a bedding for himself. And we wanted to offer him, considering his condition, apparently we felt like offering him an ice cream, but I'm glad we didn't offer him the ice cream before interacting with him. And I began interacting with him 
He was a thoroughbred Arab from Ta'if, absolutely well-educated and academic. And he was speaking to me in English. Allahu Akbar. And he realized the confusion. Such a great scholar, such an academic. And here he is sleeping on a cardboard on the sidewalk of the road. He couldn't find any other place anywhere else. And realizing the confusion, he said to me, I have an apartment close to the haram, but because of the crowds, I cannot get there and I'm very, very tired. I need to sleep. Hajj is that experience that brings you down to your knees, that makes you realize that you are an insignificant, ordinary slave and servant of Allah. And that is the greatest lesson you learn and the greatest benefit and lesson that the Haji needs to come back with when he returns home. The Hajj experience reminds you of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The words that he had spoken on the occasion when Uqba bin Abi Mu'it, he observed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performing salah in the haram of Makkah. And he said to his friends, who will go and take the filth and the internal organs of a dead carcass of an animal and throw it onto the back of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The wretch and wicked man Abu Jahl complied. He took the filth and he cast it onto the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam while he was in sujood. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was approximately five years old and she came rushing and running forward and with tears in her eyes she began removing the filth from the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he raised his head he consoled her and he says La tabki ya Fatima oh Fatima do not cry La yablaghanna hadhal amru ma balagha al-laylu wal-nahar This deen will reach every nook and corner of the world he made these statements at a time when the Muslims were very, very few in number. And Hajj, there is the sense of pride, and honor, and joy that you experience when you walk out of Al-Masjid Al-Haram, or when you are moving from one destination to another, and you are surrounded by an ocean of three million people. The reality of the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are truly witnessed on that occasion. Another important lesson that is learned and one that is prominently witnessed and observed is the humanity of people. Every haji or non-haji is looking for every opportunity to serve the next person, to help and to assist another person. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith, Al-Hajjul Mabroor, Laysa lahu jazaun illa al-jannah. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, The Hajj Mabroor, the Hajj Mabroor has no other reward other than Jannah, paradise. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala wanted to know what makes your Hajj Mabroor. What makes your Hajj Mabroor? So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, اِطْعَامُ الطَّعَامُ وَطِيبُ الْكَلَامُ Feed people during the hajj and say good words to others. You'll earn hajj mabroor. So long as you display kindness, generosity, that humanity within you, and you speak kindly to others, pleasant words, pleasant statements, do not say anything that will hurt the feelings of others or insult others. And this is something that is witnessed by every haji. 
Again, it reminds me of another ice cream moment. We were in Arafah, and perhaps Arafah was the hottest day this year and the longest day from all the days of Hajj. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with an approximately seven hour wuquf in Arafah. So the time of wuquf starts with the time of Zawal, and the time of wuquf ends at the setting of the sun. So we had approximately seven hours in Arafah, the duration of wuquf. It was extremely hot. You will not leave your camp or go out of the tent unnecessarily. But there was one youngster from our community, MashaAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept his hajj and allow him and his family to perform multiple hajj. And he saw the heat and he saw the people, some of them were experiencing difficulty due to the climate and he heard of some ice cream, another ice cream moment, some ice cream distributed somewhere. But look at the humanity. Look at the concern. He says, that's it, I'm going out to find that ice cream in the desert. And he went out and he came back with a box of ice creams. And trust me, that must have been the best ice cream we had. But the humanity, naturally you find, is activated in people on the occasion of Hajj. And you see the willingness that people show and the opportunities they look for to serve others and to display acts of kindness and generosity. People generally ask the Haji upon his return, what is the highlight of your journey? And I think the Rasul has already identified the highlight and every Haji, the response will be the same. The highlight of the journey of Hajj is Arafah. Your experience on the occasion of Arafah while being in Arafah on the day of Arafah. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Al-Hajju Arafah. Hajj is all about Arafah. The lessons learned on Arafah. What is it that really stands out and the most prominent benefit derived when you are there in Arafah? Number one, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said in the hadith, إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمَ عَرَفَةً فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَنْزِلُ إِلَى سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَيُبَاهِ بِهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ On the day of Arafah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends, referring to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely close. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely near to those who have gathered on the play of Arafah. Very, very close to them. فَيُبَاهِ بِهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala boasts to the angels about all those on Arafah. One thing, one thing that you really truly experience when you are there in Arafah and when you observe the scene in Arafah is you literally perceive and feel the closeness of Allah. And what's the apparent sign of that? You will find every person eagerly, eagerly raising their hands, making dua and turning to Allah. That is the apparent sign of Allah's closeness to you and your closeness to Allah. Whenever you can spontaneously, naturally, easily, automatically raise your hands and make dua to Allah, it is a sign that Allah is close to you. وَإِذَا سَأَذَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبًا When my servants ask you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about me, when they ask you about me regarding dua, making dua to me, tell them I'm close to them. 
If I am finding it difficult and I find it unnatural or I find it very hard to easily raise my hands and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I need to ask the question, what is it that's drawing me away from Allah, that's making it so difficult for me to speak to Allah? And you see this in Arafah. People all over the place, wherever they may be, they are looking for every opportunity to raise their hands and speak to Allah and converse with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll share one last lesson with you as we stated there are countless benefits. The lessons are immeasurable. Too many to list and too many to mention. But one last point that is observed and one last lesson and benefit that can be derived on Arafah is you literally observe the weakness of insan. There you see the weakness of the human being, the helplessness, dependence upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You find the billionaire and the pauper, the educated, the uneducated, the alim and the layman. You find the powerful and the weak, the mighty and the meek. All of them equally standing before Allah like beggars. And that scene reminds you of Qiyamah. That is a scene of Qiyamah. And that is the place where our spiritual birth had taken place. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow every one of us to experience this journey, to accept from those who have been chosen to undertake the journey this year. And one piece of advice for myself and the prospective Hujjaj of 1445, and this piece of advice was shared with me, is so long as you remain grateful to Allah for the opportunity, your heart is filled with gratitude throughout the journey, throughout the journey, not a sense of entitlement, but gratitude within the heart, and you are easygoing. You take things as they come your way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you your every wish. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your every supplication during the journey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding.